0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: The sad thing is, is many people, many believers, who have these benefits available, don't take advantage of them. They don't take advantage of the reality that we have that access. It's like having the benefit of a mental health day and never taking it. It's like having the benefit that's there, that's usable, it's expected, it's anticipated that you'd take it, and you'd never take it.
0: As Pastor David begins a new chapter in Romans, he will be teaching us the importance of understanding the benefit package available to all believers. The main benefit is God's love toward us. Christ died for us even while we were yet sinners. How much more should we be able to understand His love toward us now that we are His children? We have the benefit of being able to call God Abba Daddy. The question is, are you taking advantage of the benefit package offered to you? Well, let's join Pastor David in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 1 with part one of our message entitled, The Benefits of His Love.
1: The Benefits of His Love. We're in the book of Romans. We're going to continue on into chapter 5. But even before we get into chapter 5, I want to back up just a couple of verses to get a running start at chapter 5. Because remember, Paul doesn't write this just, well, I'm going to send you a chapter a week uh, there at the Church of Rome, and you guys digest, and then I'll send you another one. No, he sent it all as one, and so we need to understand it in the context of what he's saying. So there if you've got the book of Romans, chapter five, just back up a little bit to verse twenty two of chapter four. Now in thinking of this and in reading it, I read it also out of the New Living Translation and this is I'm just gonna read it this, I'm not praising the, the situation of the New Living. It's just the the neat translation to bring these verses that we actually worked on last week. But in these three short little verses Four short little verses, verses 22 through 25 of chapter 4. It reads this way in the New Living Translation. And because of Abraham's faith, God declared him to be righteous. Now, this wonderful truth that God declared him to be righteous wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was for us, too. In other words, it was a benefit that we received, too, assuring us that God will also declare us to be righteous if we believe in God who brought Jesus our Lord back from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised from the dead to make us right with God. So that is the situation that we come to chapter 5, when Paul says there in chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, because of all of these things, because of the righteousness of Abraham, but not just his benefits, but now our benefits to all those who believe in God, that he had brought Jesus back from the dead, the fact that he died because of our sins, he was raised to make us right from our sins, are right with God. All of this is there. And then Paul says, now, therefore. Now, let's look at chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the first of our benefits. Peace with God. Not the peace of God, and we speak of the peace of God often, and that, that is a great benefit to have the peace of God in the midst of trial and tribulation. But what he's speaking here is that we have peace with God. That means that I'm no longer an enemy of God. That means that no longer is God looking at me with the possibility of wrath. No, now I have peace with God, and that relationship Man, that's one of the greatest benefits that we have, that we have peace with our Creator, the One who formed us and fashioned us. Now we can come and we can have peace with Him. Verse 2 says that, Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Well, here's a couple of more great and rich benefits that we have. This very, because we have peace with God, now we have access into His grace. The door's been open for us. There's no longer this veil that's closed and shut between us. There's access. Paul writes later in Galatians, he writes in chapter 4 of Galatians, he says, Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, But a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Do you realize that the access that you and I have with God, the richness of that benefit, that again, we can go right to the very throne of glory. We can go right before his presence. And as Paul says, we can cry out, Abba, Father. That's the idea of that endearment, the closeness, just the intimacy that you and I can have as believers. The sad thing is, is many people, many believers who have these benefits available, don't take advantage of them. They don't take advantage of the reality that we have that access. It's like having the benefit of a mental health day and never taking it. It's like having the benefit that's there, that's usable, it's expected, it's anticipated that you'd take it, and you'd never take it. What a shame that is. But one of the other ones he speaks about in verse 2 is the hope of the glory of God. Now, it's interesting, this word glory, it's where we get our word, the doxology, and many of you are familiar with that song, Praise God for to whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That praise, that worship. And when he says that we have the hope of the glory of God, it's not simply this praise situation But it's the very essence of the glory, the majesty of God in our lives. Oh yeah, in heaven eventually. But beloved, it's much more than pie in the sky by and by. It's right now that because we have access to him, we can actually have the relationship and the knowledge of his glory in our life even now. Are you taking advantage of the benefit package that's yours In Christ. Well, Paul goes on, verse 3. He says, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. It's interesting. This is actually another one of our benefit packages, or part of our benefit package. The fact that we can glory in tribulation. And I don't know about you, but when I see verses like this, I think, you know what? I don't really want to glory in tribulation. I just do not have tribulation. But the fact is, is tribulation is necessary for me, and it's necessary for you. Because it's in the tribulation there that it says that the tribulation produces what? Well, perseverance first. You can't have character Until you persevere. The perseverance then produces character. The character then hope. The problem that most believers get into is that in the midst of tribulation, rather than glorifying God in the midst of tribulation, we look for every way we can to get out of it, don't we? We do, don't we? fact is, none of us enjoy tribulation. But the fact is, is even James agrees with Paul in James chapter 1. He says, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing that those trials are going to work in you patience, that endurance that, again, eventually brings about maturity. And that's exactly what Paul is speaking of here. You see, in the midst of tribulation, if we hang in there in the midst of that tribulation, we continue to glorify God, we continue to trust Him in the midst of it, then while we are glorifying Him, while we are in the midst of the tribulation, perseverance starts being built in our lives. That strength that allows us to be able to stand in the midst of those things. And that, beloved, is where our character comes as believers. Our character comes through being able to stand and hold through those things, being built up. And through that character comes that hope. For you and I, it's really and truly, it's a a spiritual boot camp that that pushes us through there. It's a spiritual boot camp, but with a, a, a much glorious result than a regular boot camp will give. Any of you that have been in the services, you know that, man, there's no joy in boot camp. They put you through every test, every trial. Why is that? So that at the end of that time, you'll know how to respond. You'll know what to do in a situation. You won't have to process everything. No, it'll come automatically to you. And the same way for you and I as believers. God works in our lives to build character, to build a perseverance through these tribulations so that in the midst of a greater trial, a more complete or intense tribulation, we're able to stand, we're able to again be able to see the might and the power and the glory of God. And when you are able to do that, then you're able also to be able to give hope to another. Because you've gone through it and you've seen what God is working and how God has worked in your life, you're able to be able to give that same hope to another one. Now in verse 5, he goes on, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. That word there poured out on our hearts. That's that idea of lavished on us. He's dumped it on us. I mean, he has like taken a bucket and just completely filled us, soaked us with the reality of his love. The love of God lavished or poured out upon our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Do you know that? Do you realize that in your life? Do you understand the strength? That comes in your life when you really understand the amount of love that God has poured out in your life? If you and I can grasp that fact, the richness of what God has poured out in our life, then, beloved, in the midst of the trials and in the midst of the situations that come into our lives, we can say, oh, but God is... Pouring out His love. I know His love. And when the enemy comes and he begins to whisper in your ear that you're not worthy of the love of God. And, oh, I saw what you did the other day. Or, I saw what you did just a moment ago. I know the thoughts that you have. When the enemy comes and brings these accusations and these complaints against us, we can say, yes, but the love of God. The love of God that cleanses me from all sin. That's why Paul says... When we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Now that idea, again, you you look at that and you say, well yeah, I could understand that if there was a situation where there was a, a good man, a righteous man, that was again condemned to death that perhaps someone would come in and take his place, maybe on a rare occasion. As a matter of fact, the book, The Tale of Two Cities, is written about that very thing. A man who is uh, a drunkard and absolutely of no use to society takes the place of a good man there in prison in France, and he goes to the guillotine instead of this good man. Well, perhaps there are those occasions that might happen, but you know what, nobody's going to do that for a bad guy. If a guy is a, a murderer, or a robber, and a thief, and he gets convicted, who's going to come up and say, hey, you know what, I'll take his place, let him go free? No one would. Oh, wait. Yeah, there was one, wasn't there? There was one who took his place, just as he took your place and my place. Though we were liars, we were cheats, we were adulterers, we were drunkards, we had no care for God, we were the very enemies of God, and it was appointed to us for the wrath of God and condemnation for all eternity, and none would take our place save one. And he said, Father, I'll go in his place, I'll go in her place, I'll go in their place. That's why the power of verse 8 And if you write in your Bible, and I would highly encourage you to write in your Bible, to highlight it, to mark it, whatever way that draws attention to particular verses. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his love toward us. in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a powerful verse that is. And you know what? You and I need to grab hold of that. We need to understand that. God demonstrated His love toward us and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't come up and say, you know what, my blood will cover your sin if you change your life. If you turn over a new life, then my blood will cover your sin. No, we sing the old hymn, just as I am without one plea. I come. I come. Just as I am. And that's why the blood of Jesus Christ is so powerful. It takes us right where we are. We don't have to be able to come up to a certain level to be able to receive it. He says, I'll take you right where you are. Oh, and don't forget, beloved, he doesn't want us to stay there, but he will take you right where you are. Then in verse 9 he says, oh, and much more then. Well, He's going to give this idea of not only that, but much more. He's he's giving this benefit package out to us, and it sells almost. It sounds almost like. Uh What's the fellow's name? Bill Mays with the Aronco commercials. Hey, we've got this salad mixer here, and it's only nineteen ninety five. But not only that, there's more besides. We've got this nice set of cutlery. But not only that, there's more besides. With that, we've got the nail thing. They'll do your nails. And not only that, but we've got this thing that'll vacuum your house for you, and not, and all for nineteen ninety five. This all comes with salvation. It all comes with what he said. And Paul says, not only that. He says, and there's more to it. And not only that. Verse 9, he says, much more then, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So that's another one of the benefits. We're saved from the wrath of God. The wrath of God. When the word in John 3 tells us that we are condemned already, That speaks of the fact that we are facing the wrath of God outside of Christ. It's not only that we're separated from Him. It's not only that we don't have the benefits of the blessings that are His. But man, we're going to face the wrath of God. And if you are outside of Jesus Christ today, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, you need to understand that you are facing the very wrath of God. People say, well, but God is love. Yes, God is love, but God is also justice and righteous and holy. You see, the wrath of God will come upon the children of disobedience. The Word of God promises us that. We see, even now, you and I as believers, we see His discipline. Uh, Beloved, that's not the, the wrath of God in the discipline. As a matter of fact, He disciplines us out of love, not out of wrath. And aren't you glad that He does? Aren't you glad that His discipline comes to us in order to bring correction and to draw us back to Himself? That reconciliation. God desires that we be reconciled back to Him. And because when we come to Christ, we are His. We are His children now. That removes the possibility of the future wrath of God coming on our lives. Well, the wrath will come on all those who do not know him, who do not receive him. In that day, the word declares that the wrath of God is going to be poured out. And all you've got to do is look back in the book of Revelation and you see the very wrath of God being poured out on an earth and on the people of the earth that have continually shaken their fists. And it's interesting that even when his wrath begins, the book of Revelation says that men still... Raise their fist to God and curse Him even in the midst of beginning of the receiving of His wrath. But beloved, one of the benefits of our package is, is we no longer have the wrath of God. We're saved from the wrath of God. Verse 10, for if then we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, again, much more, having been reconciled, will be saved by his life. And again, another great benefit. We are saved. That is our salvation. That is, man, that's the fact that we receive the salvation of God. How? Through his life. Because of Christ. And verse 11, and not only that, there's more beside. And we each rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have received, what is it? The reconciliation. We, this is another benefit. This is another part of our package. We have the reconciliation with God. We were separated from God. There was no way that we could know God in our lives. There was no relationship with God in our lives until we come to Jesus Christ, until we come to faith in the completed work of Christ on the cross and the reality and the hope of the resurrection that, that was done in him and the hope of our resurrection. It says at that point now, we are now reconciled to God. We can be known, gang, as a friend of God, a friend Of God. I don't know if you think about that very much, but as one of the beloved, as one of the children of God, not only are you his child and you have that access to be able to rush in and say, Daddy, Abba, Father, but that whole idea of being a friend of God. I'm no longer an enemy of God, I'm now a friend. James 2.23 says that Scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. So again, James agreeing with Paul here about this whole idea of the righteousness of Abraham through belief. And he says that Abraham was called the friend of God. And in the same way, you and I, when we acquire that same belief and we are brought into the family of faith, that we too now are called the friends of God. What a great blessing. What a great benefit that's ours. In verse 12, he begins a, kind of a whole new section. It's spun off of the truth of what he's given us in verses 1 to 11, but he starts speaking in, in a different way, and we'll look at that. He says in verse 12, again, he begins with that, Therefore, since all of these things are ours because of the work that God has done in our lives, therefore, he says, just as through one man, Sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, at this point in time, he puts his big parenthesis in. And that parenthesis actually goes all the way to verse 18. Now I'm going to read through these things, but then I want to come back and kind of pull these deals together. Verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, in verse 13... Until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if the one man's offense, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many." And the gift is not like that which was, which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in the life through the one Jesus Christ. <gasps> End parenthesis. Paul does this greatly and, and expertly, even as he lays out in many of his books. But you have to think as you go through it to see, okay, where is he going with this? If we take... Verse 13 through verse 17, set them aside as just kind of a sidebar right now. Listen to what it reads or how it reads when you take 12 and bring it right into 13. Therefore, verse 12, Just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned, verse 18, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift to all men resulted in justification of life. And then 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many were, will be made righteous. What he is doing here is he is throwing in the comparison of Adam and Jesus.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue verse by verse through the book of Romans next time. It's been said that if a believer were to drop their Bible on the ground, it should fall open to the book of Romans. Why, you might ask? Because this book is packed full of doctrine that we truly need to grasp. As believers in Jesus Or maybe you're listening today And you haven't placed your faith in Jesus yet We encourage you to continue tuning in Monday through Friday As Pastor David shares insights from this book Pastor David will be teaching through this book With hopes that all those tuning in each day Here on The Open Word Would either be saved Or be encouraged in their salvation If you're like most people You probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to openword.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. And to become our Facebook friend or to follow The Open Word Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study of Pastor David's teaching through the book of Romans. That's next time on The Open Word.